0: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Gynobits Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Susie Weber, board-certified gynecologist and menopause specialist. On the Gynobits Podcast, we'll cover women's health issues with a focus on menopause, bobovaginal conditions, and sexual health. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Gynobits Podcast today. I have been off for a few weeks, just kind of lifing, trying to get back into the groove of the weekly podcast. Today I wanted to talk about flamanserin or ADI, which is a once daily medication that is FDA approved to treat low sexual interest or hypoactive sexual, sexual desire disorder in women. In order to meet criteria for HSDD, a woman must have persistent decreased sexual interest for six months, and it really should be Something in the absence of any other explainable factor. So it shouldn't be related to any medication she's on, medical condition, relationship problem, psychological problem, social issue. It really should be something that is generalized and unprovoked, not related to anything. And in general, it's going to be a new onset of decreased sexual interest where she had previously normal sexual interest Now, I think everyone has heard of the little blue pill for men, or Viagra, or sildenafil. It's a medication that men can take to cause blood vessel dilation, which helps with erectile dysfunction. Women, however, are not quite as straightforward. There may be some issues with genital arousal and decreased sensitivity, Um, and there's actually a topical sildenafil cream that's in the pipelines. They're doing studies on it to see if it does help women with genital arousal issues, but it is not out on the market yet. There are some options for compounding different medications to see if these help with genital arousal, but these are all basically compounded and not available as a regular prescription approved through the FDA and have limited studies. Anyway, back to and I digress. Flibanserin was first released onto the market in 2015, so it's been around for a long time. It got off to a little bumpy start because when they looked at the studies for safety, they had women drinking a lot of alcohol and then taking the medication, and, and what was seen was some low blood pressure and some fainting and dizziness and things like that, and so there was really concern that women were going to be harmed by this medication. If you're knocking back three alcoholic beverages in the evening before you go to bed, then it's not a good idea to take your phlebancerin dose. Phlebancerin is dosed at bedtime. In case a woman does drop her blood pressure, then she's not going to be walking around. She'll be sleeping. Now, I've blogged about HSDD on my webpage, HealthierMenopause.com, before, but Recently, I've been talking to a lot of perimenopausal and menopausal women with decreased libido who have not heard of flibanserin as a prescription option to treat their low sexual desire. Now, I always explore with my patient whether we think there's something else going on medically. Sometimes we need to do blood work. Sometimes it's that she's struggling with some perimenopausal symptoms and this is spilling over into her sexual health. So I always make sure that I'm ruling out other causes for the decreased sexual interest. We also talk about partner issues, whether her partner might be having some problems or maybe their relationship is not in a good spot right now. Um, So really, we rule all those things out before we move on to prescription treatments. I wanted to talk about flibanserin today because like I mentioned, I don't think a lot of women really know about it. Initially, it was developed for use as an antidepressant, but it wasn't a very good antidepressant, but it did have these extra effects of increased uh, sexual desire. The mechanism is not completely known, but it appears to work through serotonin receptors in our brain. Serotonin can be inhibitory to sexual interest and norepinephrine and dopamine can be excitatory for sexual interest. And so it seems to modulate these chemicals in our brain. It's non-hormonal it was studied in premenopausal women ages 19 to 55, so the median age was about 36. It has been approved by the FDA for premenopausal women, although there was a study that did show effects in menopausal women. I do offer it to my patients off label after we have a discussion about it if they are postmenopausal and having issues with their sexual drive, but we just have to be careful because. Older women may have more medical conditions beyond other medications that might interfere with the flibanserin. Flibanserin, because of its main side effects of low blood pressure, dizziness, excessive sleepiness, fatigue, dry mouth, um, is meant to be taken at bedtime. Some women actually experienced insomnia as a side effect. Most of the side effects were pretty low amount compared to placebo. If a woman's taking flibanserin, she shouldn't drive, operate machinery, or do anything that requires clear thinking like signing legal documents for six hours after taking it. And, um, you know, really you need to take care with any new medication to see how you react to it initially, especially if a medication has some sedating side effects to it. Flibanserin got off to a rough start initially when it first came on the market because safety studies looked at women taking flibanserin and drinking alcohol and noted that there were more episodes of low blood pressure and dizziness after drinking alcohol. So it's recommended to wait two hours after drinking an alcoholic beverage before you take flibanserin and limiting your evening alcohol intake to two drinks or less. And by drinks, I mean standard alcoholic equivalents, like 12 ounces of beer, five ounces of wine, one and a half ounces of distilled spirits. And if you are going to have three beverages in an evening, it's recommended that you skip the flabanserin and just take the next day's nightly dose. And frankly, if you're knocking back three drinks in the evening every night, There may be a bigger issue going on and uh, that would need to be explored, I think, with your provider. Flibantarine may work fairly quickly. Steady state levels of the drug were achieved within three days in the studies, but it could take someone up to four weeks really to assess whether they're having a response or not. If you don't notice anything in eight weeks, stop the medication. It's not working. Now, when we look at studies, there were three separate studies done, and they were randomized clinical trials, double-blinded, placebo-controlled. That meant that they had women taking the medication, and they had women not taking the medication, and nobody knew who, who was getting what. The three studies showed a statistically significant increase in sexual, satisfying sexual events. Wow, that's hard to say. Um, the three studies showed a statistically significant increase in satisfying sexual events over their previous baseline as compared to placebo now the difference compared to placebo was about 0.5 to 1 satisfying sexual event more than placebo so it's not like these women went from having three satisfying sexual events monthly to 10 you know, and these are all means and averages as well. So some women probably experienced more of an increase in their events than other women did. Now, I'm always a skeptic. So I'm thinking, wow, one event in a 28 day period doesn't sound all that significant. But then I step back, say, okay, Weber, let's see if you are having a sexual event that's satisfying two times in a month with your partner, and you increase that by one, that's a 50% increase. That sounds pretty exciting. If you're suddenly going from having sex with your partner every, you know, twice a month to every 10 days, you know, that may be quite a change in your sexual relationship and your sexual status and maybe really helping your relationship, helping your sexual well being. And then there's also that thought that if you are having more satisfying sexual events those cause your reward center to light up in your brain and so you're more motivated to seek out satisfying sexual events and so i think you know the medication maybe gives you a little jump start and then you have some satisfying events and that feeds into the the fire so it could be a life changer for some women one of the three studies that had more than 500 women also showed a statistically significant improvement in sexual desire and reduced stress associated with their low sexual desire. The other two studies did not prove this to a statistical significance. And in total, in the three studies, there were close to 1,200 women in the treatment group and the placebo group each. Not every woman is going to be a candidate for flibanserin, And it's important to look at the medications that you're taking because some medications... For example, fluvoxamine, which is in the SSRI family or in the Prozac family should be avoided and certain herbal supplements should be avoided as well because some medications and supplements are metabolized by the same enzymes in the liver that the flubanserin is metabolized by and you wouldn't wanna be getting dangerous or reduced levels of your other medications. And you'd also have to be careful that if these medications were increasing the levels of flubanserin, that could be causing more dizziness and side effects. Lebanserin shouldn't be used if you're pregnant or may become pregnant or are nursing because it hasn't been studied in these populations. Now perimenopausal and menopausal women really seem to suffer in greater numbers from decreased sexual desire and hypoactive sexual desire disorder as well. And some of this could be modulated by hormonal changes around menopause, because we know that estrogen and testosterone can intimately affect sexual function and sexual desire. So sometimes treating symptoms like hot flashes, night sweats, coarse course, vaginal dryness, I mean, that's a no brainer. Those things can really help increase a woman's sexual wellness. So I would recommend if you're perimenopausal or menopausal and having these problems that you explore treatment options for these symptoms first and see if this parlays into treating your low sexual desire. Now, as I mentioned, flibanserin hasn't been approved for postmenopausal women, although there was a study that did show that it was effective in this group of women. Um, But we just don't have the rigorous efficacy data and safety data. There's not necessarily a reason why a menopausal woman wouldn't respond to these medications because it's working most likely through brain chemistry and not through hormonal levels or things that would necessarily be affected by age. So I will discuss this as an off-label treatment for my menopausal women. Off-label means that we are using a treatment that's been approved either for another indication or in a different dose or for a different patient population, and we're using it in someone else that it hasn't been as rigorously studied or approved for use in this group. Now we have a lot of off-label treatments that we use that just haven't ever done the studies, been FDA approved that way. So it's just important to have a discussion before instituting an off-label treatment about possible risks and side effects. Testosterone is another off-label therapy for hypoactive sexual desire disorder. We've seen women be treated with testosterone and have an increase in their sexual drive. I'm not a fan of supra-therapeutic dosing of testosterone, which is where you are dosing a woman into a male range, but using testosterone judiciously to restore a normal premenopausal testosterone level can be helpful for some women. There's also another FDA-approved treatment for hypoactive sexual desire disorder, and so it's an injectable medication. The brand name is Vilisi and the generic drug name is Bremelanotide. It's an injectable medication that's used prior to initiating a sexual event. That has been a hard sell in my practice when I mention it to patients they're not in, interested in an injection generally. However, if a woman has been distressed by her HSDD and hasn't responded to other treatments, she may consider a trial of bremelanotide. I feel like I have a lot of women in my practice that want to pursue all other lifestyle options and other medications and treatments prior to an injectable medication. I have had several patients use the Flobanserin with very good effects. They've been very happy with it. So I just wanna step back a minute and say that if you are suffering from decreased sexual interest, Look at your life because if you are perimenopausal you know, or you're in your late 30s, 40s and up, you are probably in a very busy season of life. And if you're working and raising kids or helping out parents, you know, everybody is busy these days. And we as women have a lot on our plates and we have a lot on our minds. And that can be interfering with how we view our bodies, especially if we haven't been able to be as healthy or we're gaining some weight in our midlife. And usually we've just got a to-go and a to-do list in our brain. And it's hard to shut that off. And that's, you know, part of the problem is that I think women are just more complex to those regards. I don't know if you've ever seen those little silly cartoons where they show a man's brain and there's like four little sections in there. You know, I don't know, beer, sex, sports, something else. I mean, I'm not trying to bash on men, but I don't think they have the same number of little hamsters and squirrels running around in their brains that we do. And then of course, you contrast that with a picture of the woman's brain with just 8 million components. And then there's that little tiny speck that's your sex nucleus. So we are just complicated. Anyway, thanks for tuning in and listening. I hope you've got some nuggets of information from this podcast. As a reminder, this is not medical advice. You should see your doctor to discuss your specific health concerns. Thank you for joining me for today's Gynobits podcast. If you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share. Just a reminder that this is not medical advice and you should consult with your personal physician also, the opinions and views are mine only and do not reflect those of my employer. If you would like more information or to consult with me, please go to my webpage, healthiermenopause.com. You can also find me on Instagram at healthiermenopause and Facebook menopause MD.